Hey, Tim. How's it going? It's going. It's going all right. It's going all right. Can't complain. I'm still alive. Still, still in the fight. Yeah. Yeah. That's the starting point. You need to be alive to do anything else. So that's right. I was gonna. We. I need to come visit you soon because soon you won't be part of Canada anymore, and it'll be much bigger pain in the butt. Yeah, that's right. You know, but uh, we'll have open borders to you there, David, in uh, Timistan or whatever we decide to call this uh, new country. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's talk about this Western separatist movement because it's been picking up steam, I guess, pretty heavily since the election. Um, you definitely know more about it than I do. So why don't you fill us in a bit? Yeah, well, Western Canada is pissed at the election results. What can I tell you? They are not happy with uh, with Trudeau. They're not happy with the Liberals. They're not happy that they can't get their uh, their product to market. They're they're upset that they're continually being um, having their wealth redistributed to um, other parts of Canada that have terrible kind of socialist policies, and so they they feel like they're getting nothing out of uh, their their confederation, their marriage to uh, Canada. There's no upside to it. So there's growing um, anti, uh, anti-Canada, I guess, or confederation uh, sentiment. People want to separate. And, uh, you know, there's a Wexit Facebook page that popped up right after the election. And within 48 hours, I think it had close to 200,000 likes on it. And it's, it's something that a lot of people are talking about right now. And so is it new? Like I've heard, I heard of Alberta separatist movements very vaguely in the past, nothing compared yeah. to like the Quebec separatist movement. Um, yeah. But is it growing now beyond Alberta? Is this the most you've heard of it that you can recall? Yeah, I mean, you know, the separatist, separate, uh, Western separatism kind of uh, started to flourish in the, in the early 70s uh, under Trudeau one uh, within national energy program the nep and albertans felt like they were getting a raw deal it was just another way of uh, ottawa extracting more money from the west um and and so i but i think at the time you know it was around seven or eight percent of albertans supported separatism i suspect that number is growing uh, so I, I, I don't know what the number is now people that support it but uh, i suspect it's quite a bit higher than that uh, but it's hard to say how much of that is just like immediate bitterness and anger and resentment mm. at, at what just happened in the election or and or what's happening but you know just lately in the news we saw uh in canada a giant uh oil company uh canadian company that headquartered in calgary announced that they're moving now to the states um we just yeah. saw it i just saw it this morning that husky is laying off hundreds of employees and so we're seeing all these layoffs we're seeing company capital and and corporations fleeing uh the west and uh that's gonna gonna help fuel western separatism all these unemployed oil and gas workers are certainly uh likely to get behind separatism so um you know so it uh, seems that it's unlikely to ever actually happen, right? Like that's what comes to mind immediately. So, but yeah. I, I do think it's still important to talk about, but for a lot of people, why waste our time talking about this? They're, it's not even close to the Quebec levels when they almost did or when they voted on it. So right. why is it worth talking about these loony uh, Westerners who, who think they're gonna leave Canada? What a joke. Yeah, I, well, and I, I think that's, 
Right. I think there's, it would be a very difficult to separate. I mean, in order to separate, you need, uh, there, there is a mechanism. I mean, we have something called the Clarity Act, which says very kind of lays out the clear steps you need to do to separate. You need a clear question. You need a, a referendum around that clear question of separation, and then you need a clear majority, right? So probably 50% plus one isn't going to cut it because that's not that that could be argued that it's not quite a clear majority. But then you also need to have consultation, meaningful consultation and engagement with uh, with uh, competing interests, right? So First Nations, for example, other provinces who might have a claim against you separating or different things like that need to be brought in. So, mm -hmm. so I, I think it's going to be hard. To to get a clear majority of Albertans to, to want to separate. That's the first thing. Um, and, and the second thing I think that's going to be difficult is um, dealing with all the competing interests. It'll be very hard. The, the only way to really separate, I think, would ultimately be uh, by, by the way the U.S. separated from Britain, right? Pick up some mm -hmm. arms and and be, be committed enough to separation that you're willing to kill or die to do it. Um, but... Uh, you know, the thing that that is interesting to me about this, the opportunity I think here for uh, libertarians uh, is is to talk about the principles behind it and whether we would, um, you know, whether there's anything to be said about this. Right. And we can make the case that, look, the only way that we can unite a people together in one nation is on a substrate of liberty. Like you, you can't can only have e pluribus unum out of many one uh, where you have. People have different interests, competing interests. The only way you can do that is if you have liberty. As soon as you start to grow government, you immediately start to divide people because it creates a zero-sum game where you're either holding the gun and pointing it at other people, or if you're not holding that gun, you're looking down the barrel of a gun being pointed at you by by competing interests. And and so um, it it libertarians i think have the opportunity to make the point that we need liberty now if we're going to have a united canada that's it that's the only thing that will unite canada is liberty we need to push government down to the closer to the local level right and that's kind of what the separatists are saying yeah. like we would rather go our own way and there's some point there i mean we could do that in a nation like canada you know where if if the federal government was just doing like an objectivist minarchist type government where all we do is geographical defense courts and police or something like that. Well, let, let the provinces then have their own yeah. policies and run their own thing and collect their own taxes or whatever, if that's what they want to do. Uh, ideally the municipalities, I mean, all, all these things like charity, healthcare, uh, looking after people, all these social programs, if we're going to have them, they should be done by municipalities. They should be done by cities. They should be done at, at that level. Right. Yeah. So that, so that if Paul, if I don't like the policies in this, I can move. That, that I'm under, I can just move to the next town over and have much better policies. Right. Um, that, that would be the ideal way to, to unite a nation. Um, mm. But right now we're trying to implement all these uh, programs like National Pharmacare and blah, 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 like all, all these things. And, and they're dividing Canada. So, so, I'm, uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm interested in, in digging in a bit more to what the Western sentiment is generally, right? Because basically I understand that the like it's I've always heard Western Canada is more conservative, but I don't know if they're more libertarian at all. But, you know, a few things come up in terms of why they're sick, fed up of Canada. Right. Um, they do fund a lot of things. Right. It's a huge industry there. 
that earns Canada earns Canada quote unquote a lot of money, um, but also they have very little representation in Ottawa. Very commonly, is my understanding right? They there, uh, maybe there's one Liberal uh, MP from the West or something very small or West not including British Columbia, um, but I I never get the sense that they actually do believe in in you know smaller government generally, but what basically happens then is the the liberals or whatever other left-wing party promises all of these programs that is redistributing wealth from alberta uh you know wealth from other places as well but they have been one of the wealthier parts of canada so but i i don't get the sense that they understand that they should want liberty or that smaller government is good so they don't have these principles what are their what are they really fighting for what is their message yeah and and that's exactly the problem um we you know <laughs> we have these people that don't have principles right all they they want is the outsiders not to interfere with our business right and and this is yeah. the the standard refrain of the populace that it's the globalists they're they're the problem like no we, we got no problem with our own people pillaging us and plundering us and ruining our lives but them damn globalists we need to keep them away from doing that and so yeah. these people don't have very clearly thought about policies a lot of them are conspiracy theorists the loudest voices in the in the wexit movement are are kind of nutty uh and yeah. that that's a that's a real shame right and and you're right like there is no clear libertarian streak in Alberta, at least I can speak most clearly to Alberta. Um, you know, the, the, I guess the starkest divide in Canada, I would say, is probably between rural and urban populations, more so than it is maybe even east and west or something like that. It seems like rural yeah. people see less of a need for government um, and tend to be, uh, trend more conservative than people who live in, in uh, urban centers um and, and so a lot of this could be seen as uh, a rural urban divide almost that's increasing but but you're right like the 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 whole drive behind a lot of this uh wexit movement is certainly not dri driven from a liberty perspective it's driven from uh let's get those elitists out of our lives perspective which it's basically misplaced, right? Like they they kind of know they want liberty, but they can't understand it exactly, right? So it's like, well, I know right. I want liberty from Trudeau. I don't want him telling me what to do. So I'm just going to separate and make only what's, I don't even know the premier's name. Um, only this guy can tell me what to do. So like they they have a vague sense of liberty, but they don't actually understand what it is they want what it is they truly are fighting for yeah i mean you know they, and they all have they, they all agree okay we don't want the un or muslims or trudeau running alberta uh and uh, okay fair enough great what are your ideas well okay nationalize this uh you know socialize that um and and you know they, they all have different ideas about how the lives of albertans should be run by their faction and of course we want none of that we want liberty we don't want to be under this tyrannical uh government even if it is decentralized i mean i'll take that over uh, Canada, right? Because I think Canada is probably unsalvageable now. And I, I'm speaking with my cynical hat on because I just got 
crucified in the last election and I just saw Liberty die. Uh, <laughs> but so I might be a little bit biased here, but I, I really don't think that that these nation states are sustainable. And so yeah. so decentralizing might be a way of of um, giving us an opportunity here. Right. Like, I mean, you, you look at uh, things like the new state or the is it the new state project uh, in the New Hampshire project, the Free State project is the Free State project in the U.S. where they encourage all these libertarians to move to New Hampshire and basically try to take over the state legislature and yeah. and government there. And they've been having some uh, some some degree of success there by by doing that. So that there there might be something to an idea like that. Like maybe what we do is we look we target PEI. For a libertarian yeah. takeover and say, okay, libertarians, follow me. We're all moving to PEI. We're going to take over the government there. We're going to uh, make it libertarian. And and then well, we can talk about separation because then separation, uh, you know, means that I'm I'm not locked in a, a freaking on an island with a bunch of nutty conspiratorial statist uh, authoritarians. Um, <laughs> and so that's actually where my mind jumped to, like, not PEI, but a city, right? Like if you had yeah. a bunch of people choose a city and take over a city and implement and because everything does grow from that local out, right? So if yeah. you see one city thriving within Alberta and like, why wouldn't these people try and do something more like that, right? You're not going to shift this giant landmass of people that is Alberta yeah. and rip it out, but you could do it on I, but I think it's also like these people aren't actually committed. Like I, when I have the funds, actually want to do something like this and, and encourage people and, and create a new city or, or take over a city or whatever it is. Um, but that seems a lot more practical than trying to, you know, cause a stir and, and, and move Alberta or, or whatever it is. So why is that? I'm still trying to understand why people are even like, let's say wasting my time saying they're going to separate Alberta out when like, is, are they just kind of not understanding what they're talking about? Um, or is it just like, they're angry? Is this just like, I'm not being compassionate and Albertans are angry. They always get the shit end of the stick and they are trying to do something about it. Well, I think a lot of people are angry and this is their way of directing that anger, right? And if there's any possibility that we could separate, let's put some of our political effort into doing that. I think that's reasonable. Um, and, and I think there are some people that, that think there's a legitimate chance they could do it. But I mean, it's going to be a long road, right? It's it, we can't you can't do this at the federal level, like separation happens at the provincial level. What you need to do is form a Waxit Alberta party or something like that. And because because the province itself needs to have a referendum. And that's mm. done by the provincial government. The provincial government would have the referendum, and then uh, they, then so so the first thing you need to do is have a separatist government in power in the province that could do this referendum, similar to what they did in Britain with uh, Brexit, and and you know that's a long road ahead too because you, then you need to convince enough Albertans that they should vote for you know that they should split the vote on the right. And risk another NDP government, <laughs> you know, it's just it, it just seems very unlikely. But um, it, it might be worthwhile. A, do you think it's unlikely in the same vein that a, like are these people 
fighting the good fight still in their in in some way like a libertarian government's unlikely but we have something that we want to accomplish and however long it takes if we stay to it um it can happen is that kind of the the idea i'm also interested in what notes if any they can take from the quebec separatist movement because you say it's not the way you shouldn't play in federal politics if you want to separate but isn't that what the Bloc Québécois is yeah, the Bloc Québécois was born out of separatism, and I'm sure that that we'll see a federal party or two emerge from this as well. But the Bloc Québécois can't, um, it, there's nothing that they can do that will lead to separation, right? They are simply uh, there to represent the separatist voice at the federal level and try to fight for Quebec. And and they're, like, they're basically a Quebec first party, like okay. look after our interests. And so, I mean, Alberta could do something like that. And, and it wouldn't hurt the separatist movement to have that. But at the end of the day, the Bloc Quebecois, even if they were to form a federal government or something like that, or run candid enough candidates to form the, the federal government, they, there's nothing they could do to uh, cause Quebec separation unless they enacted some legislation that uh, where the federal government could, uh, could force a province out. But right now, the federal government doesn't have the ability, from my understanding, to kick someone out of confederation it has to be the province itself wanting to leave confederation and expressing that through a clear majority in a referendum with a clear question so and the other thing i'll say about uh, quebec's separatism is that it's much different than the separatism we're seeing in the west right now quebec separatism is more aspirational the, you know they it's cent centered around their culture and, and their way of life and and it's like we want to preserve this and and celebrate this and make this ours and we don't want canada you know we don't want to be forced into a confederation where all that is threatened um mm. well in alberta it's simply we hate the federal government we hate trudeau we hate what everything's doing it, it, there's no vision of this city on the hill of what alberta could be and so i think that that mm. alberta separatism to have any success is going to have that it's going to need an aspirational vision right of what yeah. alberta could be not just we're not uh we're, we're not trudeau anymore right we're not that anymore uh we, we really need to paint so it needs to be born out of love not hate for it to be successful and to get any political traction i i suspect um ultimately that would be much preferable and that that's something I could get behind. Uh, yeah. But right, right now, you know, the, the problem is again, it's like the yellow vest movement here in Canada or even the, the PPC. There's a bunch of well-meaning people in there. They have some great ideas and great intent, but then there's a few shitheads that are the loudest voices that just ruin it and paint it and smear it with a, with a terrible brush. And then it's very hard for people like you or I, to get on board with these movements and wear a yellow vest and join the PPC or join the Wexit movement. Because if we do, we're, I don't want to be lumped. I don't want to be with these people. First of all, I don't like, there's nothing about these people making this racket that appeals to me. I don't want to be in, in a nation with them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be in a nation think... with Trudeau either, but so what, what's the appeal to me? Okay. We get, we decentralized. Now I've got this shithead instead of that shithead. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. I think it's a it's a problem of philosophy ultimately, which is directly tied to not having a vision of the city on the hill. Because if they don't know what purpose they're aiming at, they don't know what principles will accomplish that purpose. So they don't have rules of which, oh well, 
I don't care if you have the same goal as me because you don't actually have the same goal as me, right? When when we right. just when you just have a negative, it's very easy for a lot of other people to agree with your negative, but you have to actually formulate what the positive is, and then you can see the contrast. But that's very much still about these philosophical principles, and that's directly tied to um, having the vision, right? The vision is what will derive your principles, and because uh, in any of these political movements they don't have that. That's what makes it the toughest. But I do think right. actually, you know, I think if there was federal parties or provincial parties, but in particular, if there was like a conservative-ish or a right-leaning federal party that really focused on the West and winning seats and fighting for some sort of values, um, they could actually do well, right? Like, I don't know how many Western people are devout Andrew Scheer fans or whatever, but they definitely, I think that sort of approach, it's again gonna take longer, but if they have a vision of what Western Canada could be like or Canada, and instead of trying to go Maxime Bernier's way, and imagine if all of that, the resources he accumulated were targeted at 10 ridings, and he yeah. actually won those 10 ridings, right? Like, um, it's a very different approach, but I think that is the way politics can actually you know, take ground and spread. It's very hard to fight 320 battles, but you yeah. can fight 20, right? Especially with the same war chest. Um, so anyways, that's where my thinking went in terms of both principles and uh, practicality in terms of how to try and do about Western separatism or fighting for values generally. Yeah, I mean, even that's a tough road because, you know, you dump your war chest into a few few writings but but the problem is even if people love your message and love the idea uh they typically vote against their worst fear right and so unless you mm -hmm. we, we switch to a proportional representation system you're unlikely to get any seats anyways um unless but uh, unless we were a province like quebec which had a very aspirational vision and like the quebec people are very united in that vision they love their language they love their culture they and they love that so much that they're, you know, they'll they'll, they'll vote for it. But I don't sense that same sentiment in Alberta. You can try and have that sentiment around liberty, right? It's going to, or around yeah. something, right? They have this vague sense that they want less interference. Um, and so I, I agree that you need, you do need a sort of vision, but to start a vision is easier at a city or in a few ridings than it is yeah. going and fighting all of the battles at once, I guess. Yeah, that's that's true. I, I mean, I think you'd have better luck winning one riding than trying to spread your, your war chest in. You know, the other thing I'll say is um, by the time this airs, I will have spoken at uh, a conference called CalExit, which is a California uh, secessionist mm -hmm. or, or separatist movement and um they they are very different again than this western separatism which is kind of uh motivated by a lot of populism it seems calexit is like kind of democrat a democratic uh movement they they um love open borders they love sanctuary cities they hate that donald trump is interfering with this you know they want that they are they see California as, again, a city on a hill that has all these uh, social programs and is a, yeah. a place open for business and immigrants. And, um, and uh, you know, so 
it'll be interesting to see how that talk goes because you know again it this just goes to show you and and this is actually an argument in favor of decentralizing and 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 separation right like if california really yeah. is that way and it seems like it is why would the u.s want to be attached to it if they're concerned about borders and immigrants and and big government spending and all these california ideas like why why would you want to be part of cal why would you want california to drag down the rest of your country and so um you know you're right like there are different geographical interests and alberta clearly is oil and gas and that sort of thing but you know the other thing that's happening out west the the different tack that's being taken is uh uh the premier of saskatchewan mo i think his last name is he has put forward uh a new deal for confederation idea right which basically it's not a separatist thing but it says let's recalculate these equalization payments let's get you know more um uh representation from the west and this sort of thing so it's a little bit more of yeah. a positive approach unifying approach jason kenny in alberta has a referendum on equalization payments slated for i think 2021 in alberta but i think if he stepped that up to 2020 that that could be very useful because you know albert one of the things that would make it easier to swallow not getting our oil and gas to market is not being punished through wealth redistribution through these terrible equalization payments yeah. um but you know at the end of the day again the, the thing that that misses because we're thinking in terms of collectivism here is that all the canadians get taxed to pay for this equalization th payment so the only way to really address equalization is to is to eliminate the income tax because uh, we're still going to get taxed as Albertans at the same rate. That money's still going to go to the federal government. And okay, maybe more of it is going to come to Alberta now rather than to Quebec. But why should I be happy about that? I don't want my government getting that money back uh, any more than I want yeah. Quebec getting it. Uh, I guess it's slightly better, but slightly I just want to keep the I want to keep the money myself, you know, but, but people are sheep and they will see this as, oh, well, maybe we're getting a better deal. And that will, that could potentially quell some of the separatist sentiment uh, if they were to have that referendum. Yeah. And I think, I mean, at least it's starting to discuss some of these things. It, it'll have, okay, well, why do we redistribute the wealth to Quebec? And, and well, why do we redistribute wealth at all? So it's it's potentially an inroad to have these broader conversations. But what I really am interested in in taking on Alexit because I think like let's say California's brand is maybe more in line with my brand. I don't think I should force people. But if I ran a state, yeah, I'd be more like California, let's say. But the whole point of liberty is that everyone can do what they want, right? So if we're if California, no, they. It's still a problem because of the layers of government, but they can leave the U.S. and do what they want, right? It's about freedom to make decisions in whatever organization you don't by force have to do. And so it's really interesting to me that there are more like, let's call it left-leaning people who are on the brand of liberty in some distorted or um, disfigured way but that it's important to still recognize that as such, that these people still have an issue with a larger portion of government telling them what they can or can't do. And it's very typical that you have that from a more conservative standpoint, but it's really interesting to note that it's on a more liberal standpoint in California mm -hmm. and that it's the same principle, 
right? Yep. They want to give out more things. They want to have more social programs and more uh, welfare, and they can't because of the big bad federal government. And so that is an important message to capture for people that we want to bring into liberty that you can't do what you want because of the government. And that's fundamentally what it comes down to, regardless of what your specific values are. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, you know, the, the ultimate takeaway from all this is as the, the power of the federal government grows, the separatist sentiment rises, the conflict rises, uh, and violence becomes inevitable eventually. Like there's just no way to avoid it because at some point people just feel so oppressed and so um, that, that, that it's worth it to them. To, to pick up arms and and fight their oppressors. And so, you know, if we want to really salvage this um, nation, we, we need a libertarian government. We need to start rolling back government big time. Um, and, um, you know, otherwise things are going to be bad. The state just does not last. It's not a sustainable institution. On that positive note, nice chatting with you, Tim. <laughs> you too, David.